And we're back with another episode of The Anarchist Experience, episode 171, aka season 2, episode 39, uh, coming at you this Saturday morning. As always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with... MC. And since this is your weekly call-in show, those numbers for you to dial, uh, 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. we can get texts on those, right? If you're not a phone caller, just text us a message then at one of those numbers and we'll figure out how to read your thoughts uh, on the air because why the hell not? You don't want to talk to us, send us a message and it'll be like Facebook messaging back and forth where you can say all the dumb shit you want and then we'll respond on the air. Uh, that being said, what's going on with you this week, MC? Oh, lots of stuff. No, not really. Um, I... I uh... I'm still doing the, you know, the crypto thing and, and, you know, when, when it crashes and when it gets low and people panic and then they want to sell their coins, um, then they, then they call me, uh, because I'm buying, right. (laughs) Um, And I am too, not as much as you, but in, you know, smaller quantities when I can, like I'm dollar cost averaging that bitch all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I think it's, uh, really crazy. Um, the way people uh, try to game this market and it's, it's, it's really hard to uh, it's hard to make a profit when you're, when you're selling, when it's really low and relatively speaking, Bitcoin is low. Could it go down to 3000, you know, 50% loss from here? Uh, Sure. It it, it could, but still, you know, between now and the time, in the time it hits, whatever its ultimate low is, is, is the time to, to buy not, not to be selling. Um, you know, if, if you didn't sell, you know, at $10,000 or higher, um, sorry, you know, you, you missed, you missed the, the easier opportunity for, uh, for profit. Um, so my advice, uh, would be to just hold on, uh, at this point, you know, um, I think it's, I think it's pretty easy to give that advice at, at this time. Um, you know, if it goes down to 3000, don't panic. Uh, you know, it's, it's done this type of move before and it'll probably happen again. So, uh, save up some money, be prepared to buy more on, on the dip and, uh, and ride it all the way up. See, and here's, uh, I, you know, un- unfortunately or fortunately, um, because of the news sources that I use to, to pull up show prep, I come across like way too many Bitcoin articles. And headlines that I, I typically just skip over, um, but there always seems to be like a, a, a communal thought trend. Is that a you know? Do you, do you understand that? For like, there's like the headlines all seem to be similar points of view um, coming from multiple sources, so you kind of get like a general feel for um, sure. where those where the the collective mindset is at. Does that make sense? First of all, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So one of the one of the trends. Um, that I've, I've been noticing is of course, everyone wants, everyone wants to hold now, right? Hold on. Um, but also, uh, concern as to like where the dip is. Um, and it's, 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 it's unpredictable, like where the dip is, right? So it's never, it's hard to say like buy the dip because you don't know like what part of the dip we're in. If it dips down to three and you buy it, you know, six, um, You'd, you'd feel like you missed the dip, right? The dip, the dip is coming up in the future still. Yeah. Um, and on the way up, like when it, when it peaked um, in the fall of last year of two, 2017, um, I did not see a lot of, you know, sell now, sell now. This is, you know, we're about to peak, right? It was all the, art, all the articles back then was onward and upward, you know, to the moon or whatever, whatever that, you know, turned out to be. Um, and, and even, you know, um, from you on this show, MC, I don't, I don't recall, um, I mean, I, not financial advice, right. But I don't remember, you know, hearing like, no, no, this is the peak time to sell, like get get out while the getting's good type of thing. Oh no, I, I would never do that. And the thing is, you yeah. can't really tell until that's what I'm saying. Fact. Yeah. And so, and, and so, and you have to, you know, you have to at least have a, you know, a couple months view of things, um, you know, day to day, you can, you can never really tell, uh, what it's going to do next. Um, so, but I did say before the peak at 20,000, I did say 
it will it the, the price will get somewhere between ten and forty thousand, two thousand seventeen, which it did. And I said, whatever the peak is, it'll come down to you know ten, twenty, thirty percent of of that peak. So we're already down almost you know seventy percent from twenty thousand. Uh, so we're we're in that ter- we're in that buying territory now is what I'm saying. So it's it's easier to you know to explain it that way than to say you know somehow I can predict what the absolute peak is going to be. I can't. I can give you a range, and uh, you know my, my my price prediction. You know it felt it fell right in in that range. Um, and if you would have sold anywhere between you know ten and twenty thousand, which is part of my selling territory, then you would have made money. You know. <laughs> yeah. So. And so I can't tell everybody, you know, where the top is going to be because it's, it's impossible. But, um, but yeah, so anyway, um, we're, we're in the, we're in buying territory now is, is, is the simplest way I can yeah. explain it. <laughs> for, for those that have cash left over, if they, you know, if they didn't buy back in, you know, fall yeah, of last if you, year. If, if you're all in already, like, don't, don't bother trying to, uh, sell, get some cash to buy a little bit more when it, when it's lower. Cause yeah. there's a chance that it could spike. Like it just did, you know, it bounced off the 6,000. And so yeah. now if you're buying it higher than 6,000, you're already taking a loss. So, uh, just, uh, yeah, ho- hold on or, or prepare to buy more when it's lower. It's, it's, that's what, what people should be doing now. I, th- I think we were about this range. I had a coworker, um, who I was like, you know, I'm like, dude, if you want to make some quick cash, you know, th- this looks like a run up. Um, you should probably think about getting some, you know, cause yeah, he's got goals of his own. And he was like, no, not for me. Not for me. Then it went to 8,000. He was like, no, not for me, not for me. And then it went to 10,000 and then up to 12,000. And then all of a sudden he's like, so that, that Bitcoin thing, I'm like, I don't know, dude. Like, I think you missed the, I think you missed the boat, you know, like I, <laughs> I don't need, I, I will, I will still find, you know, some for you. However, I would not, I don't, I don't think you, I think you've missed the window that we were, that we were all trying to get in at. Um, and then now that it's back down to that range, like uh, me and my other coworker are talking about again, he's like, Oh yeah, you guys are still talking about that. I'm like, dude, this is the window again. You know, like, <laughs> you, you missed the last window. So now I'm telling you that, you know, if, if you have the cash, um, if you have the cash now, I, cause he's also like, um, I think he either just bought or is going to buy or some in the process of buying a house in Colorado and he's going to like move there with his girlfriend. Um, but I'm like, if you, if you have any cash left over, like this is another, this is, we're, we're back within that window that you missed the first time. And, you know, I don't know how long it's going to be for the run up and probably won't be as quick as it was the last time, but there's definitely going to be some money to be made again. Um, you know, but you know, in, in long-term futures of this. So I, I, I told you buy and then you didn't, and then you wanted to, and I told you no. And then now, now we're back to like, I'm telling you to, to, to get back in again. Um, so, and he was like, no, no, not for me again. So, so, so now he's back in the not for me stage. Um, right, right. And hopefully well, he'll catch it on the next run. And so that's, and that's normal psychology. When the price is low, people don't want to have anything to do with it. When the price is high, everybody, you know, everybody wants it. It's called fear of missing out. Right yep um so such a backwards mentality it's it's but it's it's hard to it's hard to get over it's hard to reprogram uh yourself to buy something that it it conceivably doesn't have value right um or it's or it might be it might be worth less tomorrow so i don't i don't want it at all um and so my my advice is look Look, just a little bit longer term, you know, a year or two out, you know, at most, like, uh, uh, somebody told me a while ago that, 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 you know, the human brain can only really imagine out five years. So have a five-year plan, two-year plan, and, and, you know, adjust your five-year plan based on how your two-year plan goes. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's kind of what I do. And, um, and, uh. It, it it gives you a better perspective of time, and uh, and appropriate uses of it. Yeah, it's 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 funny, you know, that you say like humans can only think five years out, um, 
because I'm going to try to transition a little bit and then maybe we can swing back to Bitcoin. Cause I remember it was like, um, like a Hillary Clinton thing some years ago where she said like, um, government is better at running things because they have the long-term view of, of, of society. Whereas corporations, right. Are only thinking like a few years of profit in advance. Like there, there's no long, there's no long-term thinking in the corporate sector. Uh, so government has to manage, you know, the, those specific things. Right. And it's like, well, that's, that's backwards. Cause like you guys are like limited to like four year terms. Like you guys literally only think four years at a time. Whereas corporations, if they want to be around for a while, like, you know, the, 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 the larger ones that have withstood the test of time are like, you know, uh, uh, decades older, you know, uh, centuries older, over a century old, you know, like, um, for, for example, like, I, um, I've, I don't have, you know, these, this quality, but I, like, I buy a lot of like chef knives I mean, it's kind of have been my mini obsession for the past few months or so. Um, but there's always like, you know, made from the Japanese steel from like the 1600s, from like the Yamasaki Corporation, who's been around, you know, from sword makers from like the 14th century. And I was like, yeah, that's a long-term view of things, man. You know, <laughs> like they've, they've specialized their craft, not four years in advance, but like 400 years, you know, like just, you know, making things better. And go like, you wouldn't get that. You know, you, you wouldn't get anything like that from a state-run agency, right? It's like, oh, uh, what's that? Oh, we got rolled steel? Okay, fine, let's do that, you know? So it's that that whole, I just brought it up because you, you mentioned the, the five-year perspective. It's that whole, like, outlook on things. And if you can only see, like, that far out in the future, you know, then, you know, change change your mindset a little bit and, you know, look a little bit longer term. Even five five years for Bitcoin, though, or, or crypto in general, you know, is is a pretty long view that with, with so much volatility oh, yeah. in the market. Like sure. it's, it's sure. unpredictable because it's just so far out there. Well, but so far the, the, the trend has, has been up. Yeah. And so if you, if you look at it that way, if you, you know, if, if, uh, if you think more people are going to get involved, which, which I, I think is, is obvious, um, it's still it's still growing. The market is still growing, even though the price is depressed. People are still getting into it, um, and more people are finding out about it. And more people are, are dipping their toes in it. So um, it's it's unfortunate that the stakes have to be so so volatile. You know, the the, the uptrend uh, when it really gets heated up, it, it really goes you know kind of too fast. And that's why it looks like a bubble every time. Um, but that's just uh, human nature. So that's hard to uh, get around. Yeah. And I, and again, that's why, you know, if you're listening to this show, just use, use that information to change your mindset, to shift your thinking. Um, and don't worry, don't worry about like the fear of missing out FOMO and all that. Just do what you think is best for you. Um, and if you listen to us, what's probably best for you is, is getting your hands on, um, you know, as I say, whatever you can afford to lose just to have a little bit of it and see where it goes. Right. Like there's no if, if you if you don't put in more than you can afford to lose, then the, you minimize the risk and the the financial stress, um, which is which is where, you know, uh, our, our our caller and good friend Cosmo seems to go anytime the price drops. Um, I've got a, I've got a standing bet with him because I, I, I work with him outside of the show and, you know, we're we're friends. Um and he said, we, we, we bet a quarter, like a, a United States quarter dollar. Um, he says that, that bit, Bitcoin will be zero by October or negative. Like he actually said negative at one point. Like I, I know he's joking, right? But I know I also know that um, his fear is real, albeit his comments exaggerated. Like he has legitimate concerns of, of you know, Bitcoin tanking. Um, and reaching zero because, uh, during, during this, I want to call it, can I call it, can I call it a shakeup? Then just like shake up a lot of other alt currencies and shit coins, right. Have hit the zero mark. Like they go, no, we you, you, you are non-viable. Um, and yet Bitcoin hasn't done that yet. And, you know, we were talking pre-show about, you know, the, the advancements, uh, of Bitcoin and crypto, you know, using the lightning network. So there's still, 
there's still ways to go on the technology aspect that will keep um, at least Bitcoin viable uh, into the near future. Uh, I will dare say at least the next five years, if that's your if that's your long term viewpoint. Um, but yeah, so he he says zero by October. And I was like, because he's like it's losing three thousand dollars like every month. You know, if you just count, it's only got like six thousand dollars left. So like two months from now, it'll be zero. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just unfortunate right. that, you know, and, well, and he's, st- and he's still ahead, right? Like we, he was fortunate enough to get in where he's still like, he's still financially ahead, um, at least on Bitcoin. I don't know what he did with, with his alts. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's really easy to look at the charts and see that, you know, each and every past spike, it never really came down to its previous level. So no, it, it doesn't have six thousand dollars to go down um it might bottom out at very bottom at, at three thousand that's uh it it's to me it's not worth waiting to see if that happens you know if it happens sure buy as much as you can um but uh i don't think it's worth waiting to see if it's going to hit three thousand now is a good time to buy at five thousand is a better time to buy. Four thousand even better, and three thousand is probably the best time ever. But we don't know if it's going to hit that. So uh, start averaging in now. You know, every every month, uh, readjust yeah. and yeah. yeah. So. Like I, you know, I've told you this, and I think I've shared it on the show. Like I get I get tip money, and I just put that in at whatever the price is. So I've been, you know, on on the downswing, I've been putting in like a few hundred dollars uh, a month since like 8,000, right? And would I have been better off like holding, you know, holding my cash until it hits four and then putting it all in? Well, yeah, but there's there's no guarantee that's going to hit that. So I just, I put in and it goes down and I put in some more and it goes down and I put in some more and it goes down and I put in some more. And on the way up, I'll put in some more and on the way up, I'll put in some more and on the way up, I'll put in some more, you know, <laughs> and I don't care. I just, <laughs> I just don't want to use fiat as much as possible, you know? Like I, I, I'm, I'm, I long for the day, right? I think we talked about this last night. I long for the day where most of my liquidity is crypto and then I have to set aside fiat for those clowns that won't take crypto, right? Like that would be, that would be the ideal situation, sure. right? Oh, my, my paycheck, it's automatically deposited into my Bitcoin wallet, right? And then I spend that at places that take Bitcoin or, or other crypto, right? And it doesn't matter to me. And then for that one, you know, that one guy that needs to, that needs cash, well, then I'm going to go through the process and sell off the crypto and get the cash ready for him and put that on the side, you know, instead of the other way around. Like that would be, that's, that's the, that's my moon, if, you know, for the people who are talking about, well, what's the moon for Bitcoin? Well, that's it. I don't care what the price, I don't care what the price settles in at because to me, the price, the price would be irrelevant at that point. And this was a thing, again, we've talked about before, you know, when, when I was uh, bigger into silver, you know, I go, I got it's an ounce of silver. Someone will go like, well, how much is that? I go, it's, it's an ounce. Like, well, like how much is it worth? I go an ounce of silver, you know, <laughs> like you gotta, you gotta shift the mentality to stop trying to think in dollar bills. Like, well, what can you get for an ounce of silver? I don't know. Would you sell me that hat for an ounce of silver? Cause now I know I can get a hat for it. You know, it's equal to one hat. Or you know, four bagels, or wh- whatever it happens to be, um, as opposed to you know, as opposed to dollars. Um, one more quick transition because I was talking with a coworker um, who the, my my liberal 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 coworker um, about about that, and she goes like, "Well, how would how would money work without uh, with without um, the state?" And I go, "What do you mean? It would work exactly how it does now." Oh, you mean barter? Uh, well, not exactly. I mean, I mean, I've made the argument in the past that like everything is barter. You know, you you go down to the the grocery store and you barter, you know, carrots for you know five uh, green backed black pieces of paper, right? You call those dollars. Like that's it's barter, but it's just you know, it's useful barter. It's a it's a trade of some kind. So if you want to say everything is barter, then sure, I'll accept that. But the reality is uh, something will be money because before there was government money, there was money, right? Before there was fiat bills, 
you know, there were, there was metal trades. Um, and it all, well, you know, it all evolved. I, I think I would hit them. If somebody asked me that, or, or if the conversation went that way, I would tell them that the U S banking system is, is a private bank. Uh, sure. They're, they're granted authority to, to work to, or to operate in the U S. Um, but it's, the, the banking system is actually a private banking system and they do it for profit. Yeah. And so if we could move to a system that was nonprofit or where the profit benefits the holders of the, of the money, and that would be like the, the Bitcoin model um, or another model that hasn't emerged yet. And that's what I'm working on. Um, so it could be much more efficient and that you could have a currency that's not being devalued by, well, the the war machine and uh, what do you call it? The military industrial complex is a better way to put it. Um, and uh, yeah, just the, the the inflationary system that we have, uh, yeah, where where the government's borrowing money to hand it out and then paying interest on it uh, by and and to pay the interest they collect taxes. It's, um, it's this really bad system that, that has these really violent crashes every once in a while, but they don't care because they can they can paper it over. So. Yeah, and I, I guess my point wasn't to argue um, the Federal Reserve, but rather just to point out that you know the the existing system is already barter. So if your fear if your oh, fear sure. is barter, then yeah, then then you're already barter. the The question is not like whether or not we're going to barter. It's what are we going to barter with. Yeah. Um, and just like, well, you know, all you technology said, advances. Oh, go well, ahead. You said, well, what, what would we do without government money? Well, we'd have a private banking system like we have now, except you wouldn't be forced to use, you know, any one uh, kind of currency you get to pick. So yeah. there'd be comp- competition in the market. You know, most likely everybody would still be using dollars until they found something better. Yeah. Or, you know, or in, in our case with the technology advances, probably something, you know, crypto related. Bitcoin or altcoin or otherwise, right? Yeah. And they'll all compete. And she goes, oh, well, what happens with all the competing ones? Like, you, you pick one, right? And you pick the one that people will take the most. And that one, that one will win out over time. It's just, you know, it's a matter of, it's a matter of what, what will the people who produce things take for the, the production of their labor, you know? And that's, that's what you'll end up trading. And the right. easier it is to trade that amongst others, you know, the, the more prolific one coin will become over the others or, you know, currency, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's, a, it's, you know, it's, it's an irrational fear on her part. Like, oh, oh, so, so much anarchy. We'll have to go back to barter. Like, well, no, not really. Probably not. You know, but if you, but if you consider everything barter, right, if it's like, oh, you know, for, for those carrots, it's going to cost you like ones and zeros on a computer screen. And fine, you know, barter it is. I don't, I don't have a problem with the term, um, but it's not, you know, it's just, it's not necessary. Anything else? Oh uh, no. Do we have uh, some things to talk about? Yes, we do. Go for it. There's a, there's a handful of interesting ones that are short, so we might be able to get to, we might be able to get to a few of them. Um, headlines: French firm probe for funding jihadists in Syria for profit. Uh, headline, two men with 29 wives and 160 children convicted of polygamy. Uh, headline, a hermit who lived on deserted island for 29 years is returned to Japan. Uh, headline, get ready for online sales tax. The Supreme Court screws small online businesses. Uh, headline, why permit Patty called the cops on eight-year-old entrepreneur. And then these two are back to back because there's, there's a case to be made and then there's a rebuttal. Um, headline, a libertarian defense of the red hen's right to refuse Sarah Huckabee Sanders and headline, the libertarian case for serving Sarah Huckabee Sanders and other people you disagree with. Uh, any place you want to start this week, MC? Um, I think the second one, I can't remember. Two men with 29 wives. There you go. Two men with 29 wives and 160 children convicted of polygamy. Uh, short article. So we, we can talk about it. Um, two Canadian men found guilty of polygamy will serve a total of nine months collectively of house arrest and will also face 12 months of probation each, according to a Fox News report. 
Uh, James Oler was found guilty of having five wives and sentenced to three months of house arrest, 75 hours of community service, and a year of probation, according to the report. Uh, Winston Blackmore, 61, was found guilty last year of having 24 wives and sentenced to six months of house arrest, 150 hours of community service, and a year of probation, according to the report. The sentencing came Tuesday, according to the report. Uh, both of these men are leaders of a fundamentalist group of Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who believe in multiple marriages, according to the report. Uh, I am guilty of living uh, my religion, and that's all I'm saying today because I've never denied that, Blackmore told reporters last year after his conviction. Uh, Blackmore has 149 children. Uh, so your thoughts, MC, not so much on the polygamy aspect of it, uh, but more so on uh, the state's involvement in, in polygamous relationships and marriage in general. No, I just I thought it was funny because they sentenced him to house arrest. Does, does that mean he gets to be arrested with his wives? Yes. I mean, what do you think he's going to do if he can't leave the house? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> sounds really, really weird. Like, oh, you can't leave the thing that you were doing. I, um, okay, whatever. Um, I seen another meme that re reminded me that I was reminded of when I first uh, read this article. Is like, you know, when uh, as a as a high school student, when your punishment for um, cutting class is to get suspended. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what's it's... that? You don't want to be here? Fine. Your punishment is don't be here. <laughs> brilliant <laughs> what's that you're spending too much time at home with your 49 wives punishment stay at home with your 49 wives that'll teach you <laughs> yeah that's it's pretty crazy um but yeah whatever uh I, the only thing i can say is I, I i hope they're not uh forcing uh marriages or forcing people to be be there on they don't want to be um so, yeah, other than that, I don't care what people do. <laughs> yeah, uh, fr from our perspective, who cares, right? As long as, you know, this this is, you know, the other part of the conversation I had with my coworker was, I don't really care. Like, I don't care. I don't care about what people do as long as it's voluntary. Like, that. that's, that's the voluntarist nature in me. Whatever you want to do, as long as it's voluntary. So if there's, if there's no force, fraud, coercion, Right. With with, you know, the men, the women, the children, you know, the wives, then who cares? And I, w I will say, you know, this is also the, the reason I the, the first thought that popped into my head is this is why you don't get the state involved in marriages. Right. Like we we want, you know, the, the whole like LGBT, you know, we want equal equal marriages and we want to be able to get married and we want, you know, we want all this, you know, state involvement in relationships. Um and regardless of whether or not you agree with this situation or their religion, they do, right? You know, and, and again, uh, uh, assuming no force, fraud, coercion, assuming that the, the wives agree to be the wife, you know, one of many wives, because that's also their religion, um, they do, right? And they should be able to, like, maintain those relationships in whatever form or fashion, you know, suits them, right? And if they want to get, if their religion allows for it, um, and they, and you know, they're married within their church uh, and the church says that this guy now has, you know, however many, you know, uh, five wives, um, who cares, right? Like, let him, is, is he bothering you? Is he, you know, offending your delicate sensibilities? Um, is his five wives like taken away from, you know, the potential wives that other men, you know, probably not. Right. It's, it's, it's their thing and who cares? Uh, but the, but the state, right, the government says like, oh, no, no, you know, you're allowed one at a time, right? You can have five wives sequentially if you give up one before you get to the next one, right? But if you have them five at a time, you know, that's somehow a problem. Um, and it's just, it's, like you said, it's just, it's just nonsense. Like, I, I again, I personally don't care uh, what they do, but it still bothers me that the state is harassing them. Um, and convicting them and punishing them, right? Regardless of how lenient the punishment seems, you know, house arrest and eh, whatever, um, you know, compared to jail time, uh, how it, it, there sh shouldn't have even been a case, 
right? He shouldn't, he shouldn't be sentenced to house arrest or jail or community service or probation. Like where's, where's the, where's the victim? Where's the damage, you know, that, that, that warrants a case to be made to begin with, right? Like who, who reported him and what they say? Oh no, Steve's got like, Oh, James, James, James has five wives. Go arrest him. Right. And we've got, um, other, other stories that we could get to about, you know, nonsense reporting, um, you know, for, for stuff like this, it's just, man, you would, you would think, right. Even, even if, even if you want to stay religious and be in the church of Latter-day Saints, you would think that, you know, knowing that the, the state will come down on your religious beliefs would be enough for you to like turn to be anti-state. Right. What, whatever your whatever your personal religious beliefs are, right at at any at any time with any election, right the 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 state the powers in charge the powers that be could determine something that you believe in to now be against the law, um, and then what? Right? Do you, you know? They, are you persecuted again? More more religious persecution? you know, going forward, uh, into the future rather than leaving it in, in the past in, in the history books where it belongs. Cause that's all this is. It's religious persecution. The, the state, the powers that be don't like this particular religion and their practices. Um, and, and so they, they pick up, they pick out James and Winston and guilty sentence, punished, made an example out of, uh, made an example of, um, for nothing more than practicing their faith with what we're going to assume are willing, voluntary, uh, participants and wives and children like good on him, right? 149 kids. That's a rough child support bill. If it ever came down to it and amazing that, you know, amazing that you can take care of that many, but by all means power to you, man. MC. Well, well, they're, they're taking care of each other thing. I mean, it's, it's not like, uh, uh, they're, they're not, doing the work themselves um so but yeah it's 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 amazing that they would be able to keep them in line i guess yeah <laughs> i mean you got to start somewhere right like you know five i was trying to do the math like you know with um how many wives did he say oh uh, 24 20 149 children from 24 wives was yeah. the was winston blackmore so, so i'm sure like, they he, he Six must a piece. operate it like, like his own his own uh, you know, government structure or something. You know, with that many people, he's the head of the corporation. <laughs> his wives are all like vice president of something. All right, you you handle finances, your marketing, your engineering, your households and durables. Yeah, seven of them rotate the cooking chores. You know, <laughs> who knows? They probably live on a compound too. I'll bet that pisses off the government. Oh yeah. It a religious compound. Yeah. That's the thing. As long, as long as they're allowed to leave, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you. But at the same time, I, you know, the, the, the outrage comes from the state's involvement in, in caring too much, mm. right? Like we don't care. Do your thing. They go. We care enough. Where we're gonna punish you for doing your thing, and it doesn't have to stop there, right? That's like you know that's that's part of the encroachment of the state always right where you know per- persecution for whatever reason is still persecution and someone has to speak out against it right and enough people have to speak out against it to stop it um because they should just be allowed to live their lives the way they see fit with within their religious views whatever that may be all right what do you want to talk about next all right um Here's a, here's another one. We'll we'll get to this one next. Um, not the United States, but Japan. Hermit who lived on deserted island for 29 years is returned to Japan. Uh, Japanese authorities denied a man a chance to uh, chance his wish to die a castaway on an island he called home for three decades. Masafumi Nagasaki was the only inhabitant of the kilometer wide Sotobanari Island but was forced to return to civilization after being found unwell by police. Uh, He lived in solitude since 1989 and became known as the Naked Hermit uh, after being discovered by a traveler who writes about castaways. Uh, And there's some video in there. This is going to be hard to read because there's so much crap in between the article. 
Uh, Masafumi Nagasaki had been forced to return to mainland Japan after being the sole inhabitant of an island for almost three decades. Uh, the naked hermit shunned mainstream society and set up base on the Sotobanari Island in 1989. Uh, Nagasaki, 82, proudly lived in the buff after a typhoon washed away his clothes. Uh, Alvaro Cerezo told news.com.au Nagasaki was evicted after someone found him on the island looking weak. Uh, police were called, and he has been taken to live in a government house 60 kilometers away in Ishigaki City. Uh, Cerezo added his health is okay, and he probably only had the flu, but he was found, remarking that Nagasaki's island life is over, as he isn't allowed to return. Uh, previously part of the entertainment industry, Nagasaki opted for a life of rice cakes and water. Uh, the former entertainer w uh, worker walks through the jungle in just slippers and headdress. Yeah, I think they're talking about pictures, but I don't have the pictures. Uh, Nagasaki's story <laughs> first came to light. What? Yeah, yeah. It, anything in bold, you don't need to read. <laughs> it's not bold. I, I change it to oh, like okay. reader view to make it to supposedly oh. make it easier for me to read. Um, so there's there's no distinguishing the the picture text. Let me see if I can switch that back. Right on. Oh yeah, you've got the pictures. Where am I in the article then? Anyway, Nakasaki's oh, yeah. story story first, first came to light, to light in 2012. He shunned mainstream society in the early 90s to set up base in the little island of Sobotanari where there's no running water. Uh, the remote spot, which is just a kilometer wide, is in Japan's tropical Okinawa pre uh, prefecture and located closer to Taiwan than Tokyo. The currents that surround the kidney-shaped island are so dangerous, uh, local fishermen rarely cast nets in the area. Previously worked in the entertainment industry before retiring. See, I already read that. That's like above it on mine. Uh, I don't know what society tells me, but I do follow the rules of the natural world. You can't beat nature, so you just have to obey it completely, he said. Uh, that's what I learned when I came here, and that's probably why I get by so well. Uh, he would travel to nearby islands using money sent from his family to get water and his staple foods of rice cakes, which he would boil four or five times a day. Uh, water for bathing and shaving comes from rain caught in a system of battered cooking pots. Uh, just a year into his stay, his clothes were washed away in a typhoon. Uh, walking around naked doesn't really fit with normal society, but here on the island, it feels right. It's like a uniform. Uh, he would spend each day stretching in the sun, cleaning his camp, and trying to avoid insect bites. Uh, the island was where he wanted to be his final resting place. Finding a place to die is an important thing to do, and I've decided here is a place for me, he said. It hadn't really occurred to me before how important it is to choose the place of your death, like whether it's in a hospital or at home with your family by your side. But to die here, surrounded by nature, you just can't beat it, can you? Um, uh, end of the article, I think. That's where we're going to stop anyway. Um, your thoughts, MC, on this man being kidnapped by Japanese authorities from uh, where he has homesteaded for the past 30 years? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I don't know. The, the weird thing is that he, he would leave the island to get uh, rice cakes and, and water? Um, to, to go on a nearby island, I th he, his family would send him money somehow. Like, I don't, it doesn't really, yeah. it's not clear on how so, they so send him money. He would, he would get money and, and to, to get some, some extra food, I guess. But uh, yeah. I guess the island wasn't enough to sustain them entirely. Um, that's kind of weird. Uh, that's the only thing that I think is weird about it. Um, I mean, if he, if, if, if he wanted to be, be completely self-sustainable out there, um, that would be pretty cool. But, um, uh, yeah, but if his family wants to help him out, that's cool too. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I just think it's a little bit weird, but, um, it probably doesn't yeah, take much. Why the government would get involved is beyond me. Like, you know, don't they have something better to do than, uh, kidnap a old guy from some Island? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Let's, let's assume that he's sick and dying. Right. And yet he's okay dying on the Island. Like what, what's the harm, right? Like if, if that's his dying wish to just be on the Island until the, the, you know, the, the time strikes, why are they intervening? What's the point? Oh, we got, we got to keep him alive a few for a few more years in a in a condition and situation that he hasn't been accustomed to and doesn't want to be in, you know, Jesus. <laughs> and when he goes to buy the rice, does he go naked? <laughs> I think so. Cause they said his clothes were washed away. You know, they, if, if, if he had clothes, if he had clothes to go to, you know, to go buy the rice, then he wouldn't be, you, you know, he'd have the option They say, and they would say like, oh yeah, he puts on a cover to go, you know, to go get the rice, but no. And who cares if he is naked? No, I, I don't. It's like I said, I just think there's something, there's probably more to the story 
than than that. I mean, it doesn't need to be, but probably is something. <laughs> he yeah. obviously doesn't doesn't like clothes, or he he would find a way to get clothes. <laughs> yeah, s- s- uh, please send money for clothes, you know, or <laughs> trade something, forage on the island, go fish. Who cares? You know. I'm sure that would be an option if they if they can get there to get the pictures. And he's a you know I mean he's got like now that I've got the pictures up he's got you know a headdress on, right? So why not you you know cover up or do something? But who cares? Yeah. Put up you know some of your tent material or whatever. It's it's just the fact that you know he 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 did what we say to do right, like leave, get out, go find a spot in nature where you can like hunt for berries and forage for food. Um, if you really want, you know, if you really don't want the state to be uh, all up in your shit. And yet, there he is for 30 years on his own island doing, you know, whatever nature intends him to do with a little bit of, with a little bit of support from his family. But again, who cares, right? If, 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 if his family didn't, wasn't, wasn't able to trade, you know, food, uh, trade money or get him money for food, I'm sure he would have figured something else out. Right or picked a different island, where yeah, where local foods would be more abundant. Um, but again, like just leave him alone. He did it for thirty years, and now all of a sudden the state wants to come in and say like, no, 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 you're sick. We must take care of you until you die. <laughs> you are no longer allowed to return um, to what we're going to say was his home. And and again, just like the first story, just another encroachment. Right, just like some some member of the of the world community i'm not even calling society because he's a hermit right but some member of the world community um, decides to live a lifestyle that the vast majority of people will disagree with and rather than just let them be they decide they have to interfere right it's so ridiculous like let the polygamists get married and do their thing and let the hermit be out there and do his thing and who cares Right. He's he's not even like he's not even a burden on anybody. Right. He's just he just exists out there doing his thing. Like what would be the cause for going to get him? Yeah. What what do they hope? What do they hope to accomplish by bringing him into a house and making him, you know, live out his days, you know, clothed in, in, you know, with other people around him when that was clearly not what he wanted to do? Why? Why would you do that? Like, what's the mindset of those clowns? Not clowns, assholes. They're fucking assholes, you know. To to go and get this guy. Right on. Next. <laughs> All right, we're gonna read through this because I want to get to this one and the rebuttal um, before time is up. Because this is uh, the 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 case and the rebuttal are probably gonna be both okay, and yet as as you know. Uh, private property love and anarchists right it both will make sense um and yet you still don't need the state so a libertarian defense of the red hen's right to refuse sarah huckabee sanders on friday the owner of the red hen a restaurant in rural virginia asked a customer sarah huckabee sanders to leave the trump administration's press secretary then exited without complaint It's easy to imagine both left and right upping the ante with these performative acts of resistance, further polarizing society in ways that play right into the President Trump's hands. Even so, libertarians should defend a private property owner's right to reject a government official from the premises. Uh, The incident became a national news story after a waiter wrote about it on Facebook and Sanders confirmed it in a tweet. Since then, the conservative and liberal commentariat have been attacking and defending the restaurant owner, respectively. Our reasons Elizabeth Nolan Brown included a useful overview of the controversy in this morning's Reason Roundup, uh, link in the article. A summary. Conservatives say that booting Sanders was uncivil and we should be able to interact with people's, people whose politics we abhor. Uh, taken to the illogical extreme, conservatives say the Red Hen's tactics would result in separate restaurants for conservatives and liberals, which can't possibly be healthy for democracy. 
uh, leftists say that Trump is a fascist, that purposeful separation of immigrant families and mistreatment of children offer better evidence of this than anything we've seen previously from this administration. And Sanders is complicit in fascism. Uh, Trump is neither civil nor likely to be moved by civility. So what's the point of playing nice? Uh, Representative Maxine Waters uh, of California, frequent talking head on MSNBC and leader of the hashtag resistance, made her position clear at a rally in Los Angeles on Sunday where she said, for these members of his cabinet who remain and try to defend him, they're not going to be able to go to a restaurant, they're not going to be able to stop at a gas station, and they're not going to be able to shop at a department store. The people are going to turn on them, they're going to protest, they're going to absolutely harass them. If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, a department store, or at a gas station, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them, she added. Uh, Waters seemed to be encouraging people to form angry mobs to harass Trump officials. If such practice became normal, it could very well get out of hand quickly. Besides, Waters doesn't get to decide the rules of engagement in department stores, gas stations, and restaurants. The owners of those properties do. I bet a lot of them would prefer if people didn't harass other customers, regardless of whether those customers work for Trump. But Sanders wasn't forced from the red hen by an angry mob. She was asked to leave by the property owner who was exercising freedom of conscience. Just as libertarians wouldn't want a Christian cake baker to be forced to endorse a same-sex wedding by preparing a cake for it, we shouldn't force a restaurant owner to serve a government official involved in policies the owner believes are immoral. The red hen owner, red hen's owner, is free to deny service to Sanders. So too is everyone else free to criticize that decision. As cruel as it may seem for conservatives to destroy red hen's Yelp rating, recall that liberals playing this game too. Remember Memories Pizza? Uh, I think escalation is a real concern, and if the left took Waters' advice, politicizing nearly every commercial decision, we could end up with an even more fractured society. Uh, Trump would exploit this fragmentation happily informing his voters that liberals won't even let them go shopping or fill up their gas tanks without shrieking at them. Uh, Trump likes to capitalize on his base's fears. Those fears seem more justified when the left peacefully censors and ostracizes prominent conservatives. At the same time, Sanders not getting dinner is in no way, shape, or form as tragic as the Trump administration's immigration policy. Liberals have every reason to wonder why they need to show Trump officials civility when Trump's behavior is so appalling. Uh, turning away Sanders is thus every restaurant owner's right. Will doing so encourage the Trump administration to enact more humane immigration policies, or will it cause Trump to double down and produce a toxic blowback? Uh, I think more people should be honest about the fact that we don't really know for certain, which is another reason why the libertarian approach of letting people set the rules of engagement on their own property at the Red Hen and at the Masterpiece Cake Shop is the best policy. Uh, end of the article. I'm going to read the rebuttal, and then we can talk, okay? Okay. All right. Uh, the Libertarian Case for Serving Saris Huckabee Sanders and Other People You Disagree With. Uh, my colleague, Robbie Sove, has already published a libertarian defense of refusing to serve White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Over the weekend, Sanders and her party were bounced from the Red Hen, a restaurant in Virginia, uh, the restaurant owner said this feels like a moment in our democracy when people have to make uncomfortable actions and decisions to uphold their morals. Well, sure, knock yourself out. Uh, the doctrinaire libertarian defense of the owner is pretty straightforward. A business owner should have the right to refuse service to anyone for any reason, good, bad, and stupid. Note, such position is not the law of the land due to various anti-discrimination laws. Uh, just as an anti-gay cake baker should be able to pass on should be able to pass on making a wedding cake or a racist can refuse service because she doesn't like the skin color of a potential customer. The red hens owner should be able to kick out this or that customer just because uh, those arguments make sense, I guess, but I think the decision to withhold service is usually illiberal and damaging to civil discourse, which like property rights is also something we should value as libertarians. Unlike many of my reasoned colleagues, I don't get too bothered with laws that mandate equal treatment under the law at businesses that are open to the public. Uh, if you want to be a private club so you can discriminate for X or Y reason, go right ahead. But there is a social value in saying that businesses that claim to be open to the public will not be allowed to exclude individuals or groups unless they are being specifically disruptive. Uh, it's one thing to kick out a rowdy party of women at a restaurant. It's another to refuse service to women at all. Uh, libertarians are quick to point out that capitalism works to break down prejudice and bias precisely because 
everyone's money is green. The profit motive can trump tribal, political, or ideological prejudices. Uh, once a racist, a homophobe, or a never-trumper starts working side-by-side side with or serving the object of their scorn, it's quite possible that meaningful conversation will take place. Who knows? People may find common ground and start building out from that towards a better, more inclusive society. Uh, there are also questions of proportion here. As press secretary, Sanders is a, an habitual liar. That is the job of press secretary, regardless of who she serves. But she's also not, I don't know, Henry Kissinger at the height of the Vietnam War, or even Stephen Miller, the Trump advisor credited with engineering the controversial family separation policy that takes place on our southern borders. From a strictly pragmatic level, did the bouncing of Sarah Huckabee Sanders do anything to undermine Trump's support or policies? No, of course not. If anything, it simply hardened uh, the heart of the supporters. It's no secret that Donald Trump is the troll-in-chief, an expert hand at making people who dis disagree with him act like total jerks. Uh, time and again, for instance, the media gets blinded by its Trump delusion syndrome and makes serious mistakes. Uh, most recently, consider the case of the girl that wasn't separated at the border. Uh, nobody wins in a pissing contest, but everyone ends up getting wet, right? Uh, in the wake of the incident, Representative Maxine Waters, uh, again, California, surely one of the least impressive members of the group that Mark, T Mark Twain called America's only native criminal class, has called for a nonstop campaign of public shaming of anyone associated with the Trump administration. For these members of the cabinet who remain and try to defend him, they're not going to be able to go to a restaurant. They're not going to be able to stop at a gasoline station, she dreams. Good luck with all that, Representative Waters. Uh, America is already staggering under the weight of every goddamn thing we do being hyper-politicized. Uh, one of the creators of Twitter just apologized for eating a Chick-fil-A, for God's sake. Uh, if you want to actually change somebody's mind, you're far better off using unexpected opportunities to demonstrate essential humanity to your enemies and opponents, rather than fulfill stereotypes. Perhaps it would have been a smaller story or none at all if the red hen owner had taken a few minutes at the end of the meal to so sit down with Sanders and explain the nature of her grievances uh, with various Trump policies. I suspect that sort of treatment would go further than kicking Sanders the hell out. As with most things, of course, this is all really just life imitating Seinfeld. Uh, and then uh, here's a clip from an episode in which Jerry clears out a restaurant by forcing customers to find out whether the owner agrees with them on the issues of abortion. It's very funny, but I know I don't want to live in this sort of world. You can watch the clip on your own time. Um, where do you fall on this discussion, MC? Um, wow, that, that was kind of long, actually. <laughs> Did you get all of it? No, I didn't get all of it. <laughs> do you want me to um, recap a little bit? If, if you want. I, I'd rather hear your opinion. Uh, I fall within the first one. Because, uh, as as a, a property rights defending anarchist, um, that's that's the that's the be all end all like bottom line for me, right? Uh, along with all things being voluntary, um, I always come down to well, whose property is it? Who 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 owns it? Who's got the rights to it? Um, and aside from everything read um, in the second article. The most important line for me that basically um, trounces the entire argument um, is the last one. Uh, I know I don't want to live in this sort of world. And I think that comment right there um, is what betrays a lot of quote unquote libertarians um, from true property rights, individuals, anarchists, libertarians, whatever you want to call them. Um, because it's, it's when you say that I don't want to live in this kind of world, you're saying that uh, when freedom takes its natural course, it turns into something that you disagree with or that you don't like. And rather than allow that freedom to persist, um, you would rather do something about it, right? And uh, up further in that part of the article, he said, you know, there, there's something like... Um, there's a whole difference between not, uh, it's one thing to kick out a rowdy party of women. It's another thing to refuse service to women at all. Uh, as if there ought to be a law preventing the discrimination uh, against serving women at your restaurant. And again, it sounds sexist coming out of my mouth, but there ought not be a law that refuses that, right? There, there ought to be property rights. And if you're the property owner who doesn't want um, to serve women at your restaurant, you should have the right to do that under the rules of property rights, right? And, and you know, or however you want to phrase that. 
Now, if if I find out that you don't serve women at your restaurant, um, I may not want to patronize your restaurant either. So it may not be a good thing for you, <laughs> but I also don't care. Right? Just just like the getting married, just like the hermit, I don't care. If your food's good, maybe. Um, and I'm and I'm okay. I'm it may sound chauvinistic, but I'm wholly okay um, with with organize with organizations discriminating based on sex. Um, now, I uh, a few years ago, I was a part of a a men's only um, organization here in in Hawaii. It was like it, it was you know men's like I'll just say it, men's leadership of Hawaii, like it was a men's group, uh, and and just like a lot of of groups. Um, do there's like there's two separate sides to the organization um, for tax purposes there's like the for-profit side which is like the men's group and then there's the non-profit side which solicits donations from the men's group um, in order to provide community service work uh, for the community in general like they do they, they go out into the community and they're you know do projects and fund it and whatever because it's a non-profit um, they have to have like a board of directors and at one point in time, um, our, our sometimes co-host M was on the board. So she had to go to like board meetings. And I was like, that's bullshit. That's fucking bullshit. I don't want to be a part of a men's group that allows women in and lets those women sit on the board like this. <laughs> that's not, and you know, I, I, not only for that reason, but I sub I, like, I, I, uh, never renewed my membership to the organization after that. That's not what, it's not what I signed up for. Signed up for a men's group. Is it okay that the men's group doesn't have women? Absolutely. Cause there are some things that ought to be separate for a myriad of reasons. And I'm okay with that. Right. And, and I'm also okay with women having a similar organization. Um, and shortly thereafter one popped up, right. Women's leadership of white, whatever. I'm not invited to that one. I don't care. I don't know if there's any men on the board of that one. I also don't care. Uh, but discrimination in general uh, is not always a bad thing, right? There, there, are, there are differences. Um, again, I go back to the, the conversation I had with my coworker because she's like, she, her fear is that uh, in, in a, an anarchist-free society um, that women will be oppressed, and that, you know, women, that women, um, you know, should, should be equal to men. I go, I don't like the term equal. And she goes, well, what term would you prefer? I go free. Right. Like, you know, if, if we are free, then we are not equal. If we are all equal, then we are not free. <coughs> and at one point I, I brought up to her, like, even within our own company, cause she's a coworker, right. Even within our own organization, we all have separate roles, right? Like, you know, for, for, it's a moving company. So like we do packing and moving for clients. And when there's a lot of packing to be done, it's usually done by the women. And then when all those fucking heavy boxes have to be lifted and loaded and unloaded, they look at the men and they go like, pick up the heavy shit. And then after it's all unloaded, the women come back and they unpack and they reset the house, right? Like we all have our roles and it's not, and if we were equal, we wouldn't have our roles because everyone would do everything. And she goes like, and she goes, well, there's a difference between, um, not being able to, and not being allowed to, right? Like it would be different if I wasn't allowed to do the heavy lifting that the men do. I go, all right. You know, so we're unloading the truck and like a heavy box came off and I'm like, you want this one? Cause that one, it's heavy, right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to oppress you by saying you can't lift that one, you know? Um, so I, I'm okay. I'm okay with not equal. I'm okay with discrimination. I'm okay with people having, you know, um, specific roles within organizations. And, and again, it doesn't disqualify you from doing the other things. Um, but don't, don't even say, don't even think that we're equal, uh, because you do things better than I do, right? Packing, wrapping, that sort of thing, organizing. And I do things better than you do, which is picking up the heavy stuff, right? Like we're not, we're not equal. We're different. And that allows for that. Um, and if we, uh, to, to, to go back to the article, like, you know, the, the discrimination aspect, sure. Everyone's money is green, but you still should be able to discriminate, right? I'm, I'm sure the men's group would love to take solicitations and, and, and fees from women, 
uh, who want to join the organization, but it doesn't make sense. You know, it's like that whole, um, what was it? The masters, the, the, the golf club in Georgia that got protested like years ago, um, because they were a men's club and women couldn't play there. Like who cares? That's, that's the property. That's the property owners like prerogative to set that rule. And if you don't want to do it for political reasons, you know, uh, Democrat, Republican, same idea. I'm okay with that. Discriminate however you want. Right. I was a big fan of the red and black cafe, the anarchist coffee shop in Oregon, uh, when they refused to serve cops, I'm like, do it to all bureaucrats. Like not just the cops don't serve the firemen or the teachers either. Like, you know, stop. Where do you draw the line as a property owner is, is up to you and it should be up to you. And just because you don't want to live in that world, um, you know, like the, 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 the author of the second article, just because you don't want to live in that type of world doesn't mean that we need to have state intervention uh, so you can get what you want uh, at the expense of the property owner, right? Let's, let's get the state involved to, so you can live in the world you want to live in, um, but it's going to be at the expense <coughs> of all the individual property owners whom you disagree with. And that's a world that I don't want to live in. So now what, MC? <laughs> um, why is it up to me? No. Um, because you're the property owner. Yeah, somewhat. But um, I, don't, I don't see what the big deal is. Uh, I, I would definitely want uh, to deal with all the imperfections of total freedom than to uh, have a state that can potentially cause way, way more damage. Um, yeah. I think if... You know, there, there's, there are certain areas that are more racist than others. Um, I think if the government was totally not involved at all, uh, I think people would find solutions to, to their problem. They would either, you know, not shop at areas where they're not welcome um, or, you know, find, find alternate solutions, uh, alternate places to shop that, that want their money. And uh, I think the places that cater to more people would eventually win out. Um, and I think yeah. uh, the, the other thing is if, if you know where the racists are, then, then you can encounter those, those people and try to convince them otherwise. Um, or avoid them entirely. Or, yeah, or avoid them. Um, I, there was uh, a, a lot of success with people try, trying to meet people that, they well just because people don't know there, there's there's a lot of people that just that are that say they're racist just because uh that's that's the life they've always uh grown up in and they've, they've never even uh give given a, a second thought to it and so um i think i don't know i think i think allowing people to show you who they really are is kind of important yeah but why, also why but keep, the natural well, consequences of that are also as important right like if, if you want to be the, the, uh, the restaurant owner that kicks out, you know, black people, right. Then, then you should be allowed to do that and people should be allowed to protest that. Right. But not right. on your property. Yeah. <laughs> on the border of your property. Sure. Why not? You know, right of way and access being an entirely different, uh, discussion to have, but yeah, they, you know, picket signs and do whatever you want. If you, if you want to point out the racism or, or sexism or anything. Yeah. But, um, I think, uh, I don't know. I just, I can't imagine it working out advantageously, uh, in the, in the U S at least, uh, for being openly discriminatory against, uh, the, you know, the protected classes. Um, the thing about the, the wedding cake is like it's it's so unnecessary to to have that forced you know or or a restaurant because there's plenty of other restaurants you know um yeah it's just i don't know i i <laughs> I, I don't have much of an argument because it's just to me it's it's not a big deal um, i i don't think it would be a big deal if if the government ceased to exist i think people would find <laughs> I, I people i think people would find solutions to their problems uh, yeah. non-violently yeah but when you when, but when you have the the government solution like in your pocket right it's the easiest to go to because it's the quickest right they go no 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 
we're, we're not going to look for a nonviolent solution because we have this violent one already backed, you know, by the by the force of the state. We'll just use that. It should be a last resort, and yet it's always politically the first motive, the first mover. Yeah. Any other thoughts? No. All right, let's wrap this up then. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, you guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. Uh, get the show prep, add to the show prep, join the discussion on the groups, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchistexperience. Uh, Twitter, twitter.com slash the anarchist EXP. You know, I thought Twitter was allowing like longer usernames and I could not figure out how to change ours to get one of those like longer after the after the slashes. So something else to look into. But for now, twitter.com slash the anarchist EXP. And if you want to contribute to the show financially, Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Uh, thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. <laughs>